the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTPN, Pinellas Park. But Elijah faced the truth. Elijah didn't let Ahab get away with it. Elijah said, Ahab, you're the troublemaker, not me. You know, you're the snake in the grass in Israel. I'm not. And whenever you face a crisis in life, you've got to approach it from the perspective of truth. That's one of the important principles here. If you, you've got to discern what the real problem is, what the real issues are. You don't hide your head in the sand. You don't put the blame where it doesn't belong. You just face it from a sound biblical perspective, even if it hurts, even if you are the cause of that crisis, even if it's your sin that has made that whole situation evolve. You face it, and you face it with integrity, even if it hurts. Otherwise, be copping out. Elijah was indeed the courageous prophet when he confronted King Ahab. Ahab had been searching the whole country for Elijah so he could be punished for causing the three-and-a-half-year drought and subsequent famine. And what was Elijah's motivation for confronting Ahab? It was God's honor and glory that was at stake. Elijah confronted Ahab with the truth. Ahab was the cause of all the difficulties the nation of Israel faced, not Elijah. Sometimes the Lord calls on us to confront unbelievers with the truth of his word. Sometimes it's necessary to confront believers when they have fallen into sin. That's never a pleasant task, but God will give the strength, grace, and love to face the issue squarely when we are in tune with his will. You've tuned into Verse by Verse, our daily radio Bible class led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We're so glad you could join us for today's study. Our prayer is that you will be strengthened in your personal walk with the Lord as a result of being in this class. Pastor Steve would love to meet you personally, so if you are looking for a church home, he invites you to attend a service and introduce yourself. Lakeside Community Chapel is located at 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater, Florida. That's about halfway between US-19 and the beaches. You can call the church at 727-441-1714 for service times. Let's get to our class now. Open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18 as Pastor Steve leads us in this fascinating study. When the crisis of God's judgment came, Obadiah wasn't prepared to boldly speak up and speak out for the Lord because he had played around with the system too long. He just fooled around with the system. All he could do was hide the prophets, and he, he just thought that was enough, and that, is, that was not enough. In fact, I don't see anywhere here that Elijah was very impressed with that. He could have been a force against the evil of his day, but he had to operate in secret because he lost his credibility as a believer. Had he told Ahab how he really felt, Ahab probably would have just laughed in his face. How about yourself? When the crisis of life hits you, how will you respond? If you compromise before the crisis, you'll compromise when the crisis comes. That's how you prepare for the crisis. You obey on a daily basis. So when the big things hit and the real problems come, you're prepared. You don't have to wonder which direction you're going to go. It's absolute obedience. There's no question about it. 
Years ago, back many years ago, about a hundred years after the Lord Jesus had returned to heaven, a man came to Tertullian, who was an early church father, and he said, I've come to Christ, but I don't know what to do. I have a job that I don't, uh, that I don't think is right. But I have to live. You know what Tertullian said? And I think this is classic. All he answered was, must you? In other words, do you really have to live? And the answer is no. You don't have to live, but you do have to do what's right. If you're to have any kind of a commitment to Christ. You, you and I really don't have to live. If it's a matter of loyalty to Christ or death, you choose loyalty to Christ. See, God will take care of your life, but he's called us to take care of our obedience and commitments. And that means consistency. Determine that you'll obey the Lord regardless of the circumstances and you'll be able to face a crisis properly. Loyalty to Christ above all. In fact, Jesus said in Luke 6.26, Woe when all men speak well of you. That was Obadiah's problem. He wanted the Lord's people to speak well of him. He wanted Ahab to speak well of him. He wanted Jezebel to speak well of him. And you just can't have it that way. Obadiah wasn't always obedient. He didn't make that determination in his life. So when he faced, when faced with the struggles of obedience, look what happened in verse 15 and 16. I mean, Elijah here has to say to him, get going, get going. This man's reluctant. And Elijah says, the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand. I will surely show myself to him today. And I, and I could sense that Elijah said it with a, with a feeling of frustration. He, he swore by Jehovah. He's taking an oath here. As, as the Lord lives, I'll stay here. I'll be, I'll not leave. Now get going. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Reluctantly, he carries forth Elijah's words. Now what about Ahab? How did he face the crisis? Was he a broken man? A repentant man? After three years of all these struggles? Verse 17. And it came about when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, is this you, you troubler of Israel? Nice reception, huh? You know, the noun form of this Hebrew word is you snake in the grass. I mean, I've been called some mean things in my life, but never a snake in the grass. That is really low. A snake in the grass, that's what Elijah said to, that's what Ahab rather said to Elijah. Do you know how Ahab responded to the crisis in his life? He became hardened, calloused to the truth. Listen, this man should have been broken. He should have been searching for God, not searching for grass for his animals. What a pitiful picture. And, he, and the picture is he's more concerned about animals than people. And he's certainly more concerned about animals than Jehovah. It's like Pharaoh. He just hardens his heart to the truth. The truth will either melt your heart or it will harden it. And it hardened his heart. In fact, this man's heart is, is so hard that the Bible says he also killed the prophets of the Lord. He's just calloused. This is how an unsaved man, and unfortunately some believers do it too, handle God's severe dealings in their lives. You know how? You know how Elijah, uh, rather Ahab handled it? He reacted with hostility and he blamed others. Do you see that? He avoids the responsibility. Uh, Ahab said, Elijah, you are the problem. You're to blame for all of this. What an absolutely stupid statement. 
absolutely stupid. That's a harsh word, but that's the word that fits Ahab. Ahab is bitter and he is resentful. You know, this is the way the world looks. The world looks for someone upon whom they can pin the blame for the disasters that overtake them. Isn't that true? Haven't you found that? Just one excuse after another. If it's not God himself who is charged with their calamities and their tragedies, then it's, then it's other people. And usually it's God's people. That's how Ahab handled it. He just completely turned from the real message of God and he just completely distorted it. You know, it's sad to say, but many believers are just like that. They blame other people for the crisis that they face instead of looking to God and finding out what is really the problem. It's so easy to blame somebody else. It's your fault. It's your fault that I'm in this financial mess. It's your fault that the marriage is breaking. It's your fault that this is going on, that I have so many problems in my job. It's, it's always somebody else's fault. But James chapter 1, and I want you to remember this. If you don't turn there, I'd like you to mark this down. James chapter 1 says this, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously. Now what does that mean? In its context, James is talking about the crisis of life, the trials, the tests, the problems of life. And he says, when you're going through a problem, ask God for wisdom to discern what the real issue is. It's not just a verse out of context which says, well, just ask God for wisdom any old time. And I, I think there's a truth there. We can always ask God for wisdom. But specifically, James is referring to the difficult moments in life when you don't know what's happening. Don't blame others. Ask God Seek God. That's what Ahab should have been, been doing. Seeking God rather than grass. But he wasn't. So he's just a corrupt, hardened man. He just avoided the issue. He doesn't even know what the real issue is. He's chosen to not listen to the word of God. But now we meet Elijah, the courageous prophet. Elijah is the only one who's face, who will face this crisis properly. He faces it with courage, with truthfulness, with integrity, with honesty. His concern was not for his own life. Like Obadiah's. Obadiah, see, Obadiah's backed into a corner. He's more concerned about his life than the Lord's honor. And he's not concerned about animals like Ahab is. At least animals before God. His concern was for the reputation of the Lord God of Israel. Now you can't scare or intimidate a man like Elijah. I mean, how would you like to face the king and say, you snake in the grass? Many of us would have just kept quiet. Not Elijah. Listen, after you've been for, for months at a brook with ravens, fellowshipping with God, and seeing God provide for three years at the brook and at Zarephath, nobody intimidates you. Look at verses 18, 19. This is how Elijah responds. And he said, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord. You followed the Baals, which is simply plural for Baal. Now then, send and gather to me all Israel at Mount Carmel, together with 400 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of the Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. I mean, you just feel like standing up and applauding Elijah for that. You know, you feel like saying, way to go. Don't let him push you around. Pushed everybody else around. He's pushed Obadiah around, but he's not going to push God's prophet around. 
Elijah doesn't scare easy. I want you to know, in these two verses, without going into the confrontation between Jehovah and Baal, in these two verses, the Lord reveals to us tremendous principles for how you and I ought to face a crisis. So listen, listen very carefully. Number one, obey God's word regardless of the consequences. Obey his word regardless of the consequences. God told Elijah to go and face Ahab again. Now, Ahab was not alone. He was with soldiers. And if I were Elijah, I probably would have said, but Lord, that's the end of my ministry. That's it. He's going to kill me. But not Elijah. His obedience could have cost him his life, but he obeyed anyway. In fact, that is the pattern of Elijah's life. He's an obedient servant. Throughout the crisis, Elijah has obeyed God's word regardless of the consequences. If it's to be by a brook, with nothing but ravens and running water, then he's there. If it's to be out of Israel and being taken care of by a, by a poor Gentile widow, then he does it. He faced the crisis by constant, consistent obedience. That's how you face a crisis. You, you obey. As I said before, you will rarely obey during the crisis of life if you don't obey in the small things. Most of life is not a crisis. There are just a few crises in life. Most of life is made up of daily, mundane opportunities to obey the Lord. When nobody else is looking, when nobody else sees you, when nobody else can applaud you, it's then that God is watching to see your obedience. In fact, he's always watching, but it's then that the pattern of obedience is formed. The Apostle Paul was warned, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. They'll kill you there. And Paul says, I don't care. I've got to go and finish my course, even if it means my life. See, Paul was obedient all the way through his life, and so death didn't scare him. He just wanted to do what the Lord wanted him to do. So, number one, you, you obey the Lord, regardless of the consequences. Number two, you face up to the truth. This is the one thing that both Obadiah and Ahab failed to do. Obadiah avoided the real issue and refused to deal with it, and Ahab lied to himself, just deceived himself, and said that, you know, Elijah's the problem, not him. But Elijah faced the truth. Elijah didn't let Ahab get away with it. Elijah said, Ahab, you're the troublemaker, not me. You know, you're the snake in the grass in Israel, I'm not. And whenever you face a crisis in life, you've got to approach it from the perspective of truth. That's one of the important principles here. If you, you've got to discern what the real problem is. What the real issues are. You don't hide your head in the sand. You don't put the blame where it doesn't belong. You just face it from a sound, biblical perspective, even if it hurts. Even if you are the cause of that crisis. Even if it's your sin that is that is made that whole situation evolve. You face it, and you face it with integrity, even if it hurts. Otherwise, you'll just be copping out. Number three is make God's honor and reputation your goal. That's what Elijah did. In verse 19, Elijah is setting up the stage for the showdown between Jehovah and Baal. He's got a whole plan. <coughs> Because in the back of Elijah's mind, the primary thing he's concerned about is not rain at all. Well, that was important, but that's not it. The primary thing that motivates Elijah 
is I want God to be honored and glorified and I want Baal worship out of the lands. Whatever difficulty you're going through, you have got to make sure that you don't look for an easy way out just to relieve any unpleasantness that you might be experiencing. You know, Elijah could have just said, well, Ahab, God says you've had enough. Rains, the rain will soon be on the way. And I just, you know, want to tell you that. He didn't say that. He could have just said that and it would have been true. But Elijah is not just concerned about the truth, though he is. He goes one step beyond that. He's concerned that Ahab and all of Israel acknowledge the Lord as God. See, he was really concerned about God's honor, God's reputation. And he's looking for a way to bring glory to God and reveal what the real issue was all about. Not drought, but the sin against the Lord. Now, let me try to pull all this together. I don't know what specific crisis you are going through now or that you'll face in the future or have faced in the past. But I know how you ought to face it when it comes. You ought to face it obediently, no matter what the consequences are. Then truthfully, so that you make the proper decisions. Don't distort it or avoid the real issue. Size it up under the microscope of biblical truth. And then... Face it with God's glory at stake. Not, not, you know, just how can I relieve some problem? I mean, so many, even Christians, just want to get over the problem. The problem is not the real issue. The crisis is not the real issue. It's God's glory that's the real issue. And you need to ask yourself, how can God be glorified by this problem, this, this trial, this crisis? And then you look for a way that will bring God the glory that he deserves. That's how we're different. We face it properly. Now, Elijah is, is absolutely a great example for us on how to face a crisis. But there is only one perfect model in all the Bible on how to face a crisis, and that is not Elijah. Even though he's a good example, the great model is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus faced the ultimate crisis of any crisis. He faced the cross. He faced it properly. He faced it obediently, didn't he? In fact, he said, as he wrestled with this in the garden, he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Whatever it is, Lord, I'll do it. The cross was obedience to the Father. The cross was truthfully approached by the Lord. Peter didn't, didn't approach it properly. Peter ran from it. Peter was a coward. But not the Lord Jesus. We've studied, come, come through studying John's gospel. And as we, we came through that passage where the Lord Jesus stood before Pilate, where he stood before Herod, where he stood before the Sanhedrin, and he spoke the truth. And he didn't back down. He stood there with majestic glory and splendor and just spoke the truth. He understood the real issue of the cross. He understood why, why he was being crucified. Man's sinfulness. God's redemption. And he spoke the truth before his tormentors. He didn't look for a way out. He laid down his light. So he faced it obediently, faced it truthfully. And he faced the cross with God's glory in view. In fact, that's what he said the cross was. God would be glorified. He faced the ultimate eternal crisis for us. And we need to not only learn from it, 
as we've been learning the principles in Elijah's life, but we need to accept the cross as our salvation. And so there's really two messages today. Number one, if you're a believer in Christ, you face a crisis obediently, truthfully, and with God's glory in mind. If you're not a believer in Christ, then you need to realize that Jesus Christ faced the greatest crisis for you. And you need to come to that place where you realize what the crisis is all about and you accept his death for you so that you don't have to face the ultimate crisis and that's eternal judgment. Let's bow for prayer. Where does the message hit you? Are you like Obadiah? Just a compromiser? You've been straddling the fence? If you have, then the word of God is very clear to you. Repent. It's never too late. And it was never too late for Obadiah. You say, but it may cost me. Let me take the word may out of it. It will cost you. Lay down your life for the Lord. Present your body a living sacrifice and determine to obey no matter what. That's how you face a crisis. I don't know what you're going through now, but don't cop out and don't pretend it's not there. Face it obediently. Don't let your service for the Lord hinder your godliness. Don't be like Ahab. Don't blame it on somebody else. It's not their problem. You have to face it. You face it like Elijah. Do what's right. Realize what the truth is all about and then face it so that God will be glorified in it all. And God will be glorified. Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for good and that includes the crisis of life. If you're not a believer, then you need to accept Jesus Christ as the one who faced your crisis for you. Crisis of hell. Trust him. Turn from your sin. At least that desire to sin and put your faith in Christ. Father, we pray that you'll take these great, rich truths and principles that are found in 1 Kings 18 and apply it to our lives. Lord, may we hear more than I'm able to, to speak because we want to hear your voice, applying it in, in unique situations to our own lives. Lord, equip us. Help us to grow. Help us to learn from this that we might face the difficulties of today and tomorrow differently than those around us. Lord, we're called to be a unique people. As we've sung about you being holy, we're reminded that we're called to be holy. Help us to face life's problems in a holy way, a refreshing way, a different way, that people might see our good works and our proper attitudes and realize that we belong to you. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Steve. We really do need to ask ourselves the question that Steve posed. How can God be glorified by this problem, this trial, this crisis? That will help us face any crisis obediently and truthfully, and God will be glorified. Thanks for tuning in to Verse by Verse today. We hope you can be along for every class session. If you've missed a study, you can listen to it again by going to our website, versebyverseradio.org. Just click on Message Archive and then Sort by Date. You can download any number of messages free of charge. Our phone number is 727-239-0306. Call us if you have any questions about this program, your walk with Christ, 
or just to have someone pray with you. You can also contact us by mail. Our mailing address is Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Our phone number once again is 727-239-0306. This ministry is an outreach of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, and is supported by interested friends and listeners like you. Perhaps the Lord has laid on your heart to help us keep verse by verse on the air. If so, you may support us by donating over the internet, by mail, or over the phone. We would be so grateful to hear from you and to know that you'll be praying for us. We depend upon the Lord to provide through folks like you that have been blessed by Pastor Steve's expository preaching. Our website, once again, is versebyverseradio, all one word, dot O-R-G. Click on the Support Us box. Our phone number is 727-239-0306. Thank you for being obedient to the Lord's leading. Next time on Verse by Verse, we will begin another message in this series on Elijah entitled, Standing Alone with God. You don't want to miss it. I'm Jerry Pruden inviting you to join us then on Verse by Verse. Faith Talk 570 W. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.